Well, this morning I want to talk to you about dealing with forgiveness. Uh, that's been happening a lot in our society of late. Uh, maybe you're not aware of that, but it has been happening a lot in our society. And so I just feel to speak on that. And so we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35, uh, reading a parable that Jesus spoke about forgiveness. It says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please, please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. And then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owned him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, he said, and I will pay it. But his creditor wouldn't, wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison, until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Father, I just pray your blessing to be upon your word this morning, and I pray that, Father, you would help me to communicate those words that you're wanting to communicate to your people this morning, and we just ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, I want to share with you about forgiveness. Forgiveness for the Christian is a a big deal. And God calls us as Christians to forgive one another, especially in our relationships with other Christians. And note the, the warning that's at the very end of that scripture reading, that you must forgive your brothers and sisters, otherwise we will be in prison. So we are to forgive one another. The Apostle Peter, as he was thinking about forgiveness, probably was thinking about some things that had happened to him and thought that, you know, he he would give a good number to Jesus and say, Jesus, well, how often should we forgive somebody? Seven times? And the response to Jesus was, no, 70 times seven. And the mathematicians in us all worked that out to the correct number that, oh, that'd be 490 times. That's that's it. So if you pass 490 times, I don't have to forgive anymore. Well, that's not what Jesus was trying to get across. The point he was trying to get across is that you just keep on forgiving. You don't stop. You keep forgiving. And so Jesus surprised Peter by saying 70 times 7, which, again, it's not meant to be a number, but that forgiveness should be always extended to others. Now, as we look at this story, this parable that Jesus gave, talks about this servant, and he owed the king millions of dollars. 
And obviously this servant was in no way could afford to pay this huge financial debt. And the king wanted his money. And since the servant couldn't pay, then the king was going to put him into slavery, along with his family, wife, kids, everything he owned, was going to be sold until that debt was paid. The servant realized that this would be a lifelong sentence and that he could never pay it by himself. And so he responded by falling on his knees, begging for mercy, and asking time for that debt to be repaid. And to everyone's surprise, the king responded with mercy, compassion, with pity, and he forgave the man's entire debt and released him to be free. Now, the point of that story is really to shock the hearer of the incredible debt that was forgiven. The story goes on. The servant on being released did something no one was expecting because the servant went to another servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grasped that servant by the throat and he demanded instant payment to which the servant begged for more mercy and more time, just like he did before the king. And yet this man who was forgiven much refused to grant the same mercy that he just received. And so they had the man arrested, put in jail until the debt could be paid. Now the other servants of the kingdom were quite shocked by this behavior. And so they went back and they told the king of the injustice that just happened. The the king had just forgiven this man of such a great, great debt. And he was furious when he heard that this servant wouldn't apply the same grace, the same forgiveness to his fellow man. And so the king called in that first servant, demanding an account of why he would not forgive such a small debt when he had been given, forgiven such a big debt. Obviously, the answer by the servant was not very good, and the king reinstated his debt and sent him to prison until his debt could be paid, which again would be a life sentence. The point of that story is that as servants of God, as Christians, we're the servants. Christ is our king. He has forgiven each and every one of us. We owe a huge debt to God because we all have a debt of sin that none of us could pay. It was too large. It's too big. And yet he chose to forgive us by going to that cross. Our sin is like having a million-dollar debt, multi-million-dollar debt. And yet God has forgiven us. And as he has forgiven us, he expects us as his servants of his kingdom to practice the same with our relationship with others, and especially our relationship with one another as Christians. We forgive because we have been forgiven of a very high debt. So God's desire in his kingdom is that his people would practice mercy, compassion, to forgive one another because we're recognizing that we ourselves have been forgiven much. So Christian servants in the kingdom of God are to practice what they've experienced and extend forgiveness to those who have wronged us, especially, again, towards fellow Christians. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. And remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. 
That's pretty important. As the Lord has forgiven you, you need to forgive others. I know a lot of us in our own minds think, well, do they deserve that forgiveness? Well, we need to go back. How did God forgive us? Did we deserve to be forgiven? No, we didn't. And yet he forgave us. So we need to forgive. And then it also kind of ends with a, it almost seems like a strange statement that if we don't forgive, we will be put in prison just like in that story. There's a prison that we can go to when we choose to hold on to things and not forgive others. We're the ones that get to go into prison instead of the other person. And so that's something God wants us to be aware of and the importance of God's people that we would forgive. So today as Christians, we're to apply the same forgiveness that we've experienced towards others. Sometimes that can be easy, and sometimes it can be very, very hard. But if we don't forgive, we become that person in this story sent back into prison, a prison of torment. And see, God doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us to be in a place of torment, where there's issues of forgiveness that we need to deal with. You know, for the most part, we all do well as Christians in forgiving one another. But sometimes there are events in our life that become, you know, far bigger than the normal things that come our way. And we really have to reach deep down inside of ourselves to get that place that we can forgive. And it can become a struggle sometimes to truly forgive. And even when we do forgive, sometimes there's a residue or there's a tenderness that is now there because of that experience that you've gone through. You know, there's lots of things where we need to practice forgiveness. The biggest one, of course, the Bible mentions it often, is offenses. There's always things that will happen to you in life where you will be offended. It'll make you upset, it'll get you mad, get you angry. And you need to be able to deal with that quickly and forgive quickly. You know, sometimes there's lies that are spoken about you. Sometimes gossip goes around. Sometimes there's the betrayals of friendship. Sometimes there's false accusations. Sometimes it's just that people don't seem to notice you, an oversight. Sometimes it's about harsh words being spoken. Debt's not being repaid. And, you know, that list can go on and on of things that where we can get offended. And, you know, there are many things in life that happen that are unfair. And it's easy to pick up an offense and hold on to that offense. And that's where the Bible really wants us to be careful because God does not want us to be holding on to offenses and not forgiving people. Now, saying all that, I also want to say that, you know, we need, do need to recognize that when we go through these times, there is a hurt that's there. There is pain that comes with any offense that comes our way or anything that happens to us that was not right. There's a pain that is there. And that sometimes is the hardest part to get rid of. But the way we start to get rid of it is to forgive, is to forgive. See, as Christians, we're to handle life differently and as Christians, we're in another kingdom. And in that kingdom, we are to forgive one another. Now, times that we face where forgiveness is really, really, really hard. 
Well, there's lots of things that happen in life that can make it really, really hard to forgive. If you're here today and if you've ever lost a child, that's probably the hardest one I can think of, to lose a child, lose a spouse, losing someone because of crime or an accident or when one takes their own life. Hard times like when people go through a divorce. Most times people don't go through those happily. Very hardened people, affairs that take place. People have been raped, sexual, verbal abuse, murder, murder, or things have been brought to light in these last few years, things that have happened in our residential schools. See, there's numbers of people in this congregation that could really share their stories of what they have gone through. Amazing stories, amazing testimonies. They're right here in this church, what people have gone through, some very, very difficult things. And those bigger things are a whole lot harder to forgive. Because all around us, there's reminders about the pain of what we're trying to forgive. And we know as Christians, we forgive over and over again, just like the Bible says. And, and yet, we can do that, and sometimes the hurt, the pain, the disappointment, we recognize, you know, it's still there. Even though we've chosen to forgive. Now I realize some people say, oh, see, that's a sign that uh, you've not truly forgiven. And that's not the truth. Because when you forgive a person, it doesn't mean that, you know, your, your memory goes away. It doesn't mean that the pain or the hurt necessarily goes away. So what do you do when the pain's still there, the hurt's still there, even though you've said those words, I forgive you, even though you've gone through the, the roles of saying that to somebody, praying that? Let me share a few stories before I answer that. Over these last few months, I've had the privilege to minister with a number of people that don't necessarily go to our church. And uh, that's been really, really increasing. Uh, even this week, um, I was, uh, last two weeks actually, praying for people in the hospital. And I told a person last night that we would ask our church people if they would be praying for this individual that's in hospital right now. They need a miracle. And so I told us, you know what, I'm going to ask our people in our church if they would pray for you. So I just would encourage you to pray for that person that's in hospital right now that is waiting to be touched by God. We had a really good time with them last night and praying for them. Lots of people right now that are calling out, reaching out uh, to us. Probably more than in all the years I've been here in St. Paul, probably this is the most where I've had opportunities to talk with people of the community and uh, new people is becoming almost like a daily occurrence. It really is. Well, over these last few months, I had this privilege to minister with a family. The, the parents came to church. The rest of the family didn't. They're from different parts of the province. And I got asked a question if I would be a mediator uh, to a family that was experiencing conflict. I, I kind of thought about that, and I said, oh, yes. Then I was thinking, like, what did I just agree to? Well, they, they got together. They all came. And uh, the meeting started. It did not go well. 
for the first uh, hour or so, it was very, very bad. I said, oh, my goodness, Lord, what have I got myself into? But eventually, we got around. We were able to pray, and that just seemed to change the whole meeting right there. And you know what happened in that meeting? When they were so angry at one another and cursing at one another, saying all kinds of terrible things about one another, it suddenly changed. And they began to say, I'm sorry. You know what? I really miss you. I want relationship with you. And they began to forgive one another right there. And I was really impressed with that family. I really was. Then a few weeks ago, they invited me again to another meeting. This time it was a party. They were celebrating a person's birthday. And I was really happy that I could be there. And when I arrived there, the elders of that family came to me right away and said, Pastor, you don't know what happened that night and how much it has changed our lives. We've been talking with one another. We've been FaceTiming one another. We're having this party today because of that very meeting where we were able to forgive one another. Talked to another one of the family members, and they came up to me. They said, you know, Pastor, you, you won't believe all that happened since that meeting where we were able to forgive. You know what? Today I asked the father if I could marry his daughter, and he wept, and he said, yes. He said, that wouldn't have happened. You know what they thought of me. Now I have a wedding to do as well. All because a family chose to come together and to forgive one another. It's really powerful. Last week at camp, we heard another story of forgiveness. The speaker had to deal with some forgiveness issues towards his dad. See, his dad took his life when he was just a very young boy. And so as he grew up without a dad and then his mom eventually remarried, he kind of resented the fact that his dad wasn't really around there to help him teach him things, help him to respond to issues. And so every time he went through a hardship, he would blame his dad. Everything was always dad's fault, dad's fault, dad's fault, because my dad took his life and wasn't there for me. But one day, he finally realized that I need to forgive my dad. And with the help of a pastor that happened to be speaking at a conference, he just happened to pick him out of the crowd and began to show him how he would forgive somebody. Anyway, he, he went through that whole thing of how they did that. It was just a, an awesome story that brought him to that place where he was able to forgive his dad and get on to life and get on into ministry as well. And I'd like to get him to come maybe here and share that story with you. And I'd like to get him out on our reserves as well and share that story because I think that's a needed story to tell about being able to forgive our dads. Then there's another story of forgiveness. should be fresh in all of our minds. We had the Pope came to visit us here in Canada. And he came to, a, to apologize to the indigenous people for the tragedies and the abuses that happened in residential schools. I'm glad that the Pope did that. I know it was a long time and coming. I felt for those that have passed on wanting to hear such an apology but never heard it and so they went to their graves without hearing that. But for those that heard the apology there was forgiveness 
extend it, which is really good on behalf of our indigenous people. However, there lingers a pain in their hearts. Even though they can grant forgiveness, even though apologies were given, there's still a pain. Do you realize that they said the day following that, that the, the hotline for indigenous people's mental health was busier than it ever has been since it started? Why is that? Because it brought up a lot of those memories. See, you can forgive somebody, but there's still some pain that's there. There's still some pain that needs to be ministered to and helped. As I began to think about those things during these last few weeks, think of some of the terrible things that people have gone through in, in life, and even people here in their own congregation. I think of Karen sitting right up here in the front when she lost her son. And I can remember the, the day extremely clearly where we had a barbecue and the family of the person that murdered her son was in the lineup for where, I forget what you were doing that the day, but, and she began to weep, but she said, no, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to serve them. And she did. She did. There's lots of stories like that right here in this church of very painful situations where people were able to forgive. But, you know, one of the problems that we face in forgiveness is that sometimes people like to remind us of the event. We forgive, and yet we get reminded again about it. Or someone, you know, comes up to us and says something to us, and it goes, boom, you're right back to that thing. Some of you here might be already past, you know, the 70 times 7. And you may be saying, you know what, Pastor, it still hurts. There's still a lot of pain. Why does that hurt and that pain linger? Can a person ever be free of the hurt and pain? Well, it starts with forgiveness. You're making a choice to forgive that person or forgive those people involved. And that's a step that God calls us to do, to forgive as he forgave us. Now, to forgive does not mean that what that person did to us was okay. And if it was a legal or a criminal matter, Hopefully there will still be consequences, but sadly I'm not too impressed with our legal system as it stands. I was in court just a, a few weeks ago as well uh, just to support uh, a family. And one of the things that was really neat in court, and again I was disappointed with the court, is that a letter of forgiveness was written. Now, the people who had done the harm they were given that letter. They were able to read it. And it was also given to the court for the judge to read. And unfortunately, the judge didn't read that. I think it would have been all that more powerful for the people sitting there of what forgiveness is. But still, to write a letter of forgiveness right there for the court to read, pretty powerful. So to forgive is to break the hold of that person over your life. It's taking that hook or that knife that is... Maybe you feel it's in your back or in your heart. And just saying, you know, that person is no longer going to have any hold on your life. You're taking back what's yours and laying down what was done to you at the feet of Jesus. And you're choosing to leave it there. And the Bible does say that every one of us is going to give an account. 
every person is going to give account and stand before him. The Bible also says that vengeance is mine. It says don't get involved in all that repaying back, people, because vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. He calls us as Christians to forgive. And as we take that step, we're inviting God to help us. We're asking God to take away the pain, the hurt, the betrayal, the abuse, sometimes just simply that sting that is there. Because sometimes we still have to deal with things even after we forgive. Still the memory, there's still the sting, there's still the hurt, there's still the offense, the abuse, or whatever it might have been. And as I was thinking about that and saying, well, what can we do? What can one person do to fix it? I just heard a fresh voice in my spirit say, I can. I can. Just point them to me. I can fix it. I can take that pain. I can, I can take away that hurt. I can take away that sting that's there. Just point them to me. See, Jesus is the answer that we really need. He's our pain bearer. He's our specialist in dealing with wounds of the heart and mind and desires to do that for us today. Apologies, do they help? They sure do. Does money or restitution help? Yeah, it can help too. Justice, getting justice, does that help? Yes. Does counseling help? Definitely. Psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, can they help? Definitely. Can medicines help us? Yes, they can too. But forgiveness is the door that opens up where God can help us to take away that pain and that hurt. And I really sense that that's what God is wanting to do today in our world. Not just here in this church, but in our whole world. He wants us to invite him in and come to him and he will give us the healing that we really need. Taking care of the hurt, the pain, the sting that we feel from those who have mistreated us or done us wrong. So I just want to encourage you as you forgive, take the extra step to ask God to help you, to heal the scar, to heal the pain, the hurt, to take away that sting that you may feel free and healed in Jesus' name. And I really believe that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to take away this sting, the trauma, the hurt over people's lives. And I really see God having visitations where God is meeting with people and just beginning to minister to their pain. I see that taking place over our indigenous people. I really see Jesus just beginning to minister, to come and encounter them in ways to take away the stigmas, the hurt, the pain, and raise them up as the people who are dearly loved. There's a lot of our indigenous people, they don't feel loved. They don't even feel part of society. They, they feel like there's somebody less. And that's not what God says. God says they're my special people. I love them. I care about them. I believe there's a fresh revelation that's coming for them. I had an interesting thing happen and when we were up at camp, and uh, we had some fantastic worship up at camp. And while we were uh, one of the places where they were just playing the instruments and just playing a song unto the Lord and the drummer, he was just going 
crazy there, and, and they were just doing a song unto the Lord. And, and during that, I just had this open vision as I'm sitting there and worshiping the Lord, and I just saw all these indigenous people, and I saw them all worshiping the Lord. It was a huge, huge place. And they were all worshiping God. The, the drummer, they were just beating away in that drum, and they were drumming to the Lord. There was people up there and, and the native uh, costumes and dresses, and they were at the front, and they were spinning around, and they were dancing, and they were all excited. And I was in their midst. I was kind of thinking, like, how come I'm the only white guy here? But I was getting to see all this that was taking place. And it just happened real quick, just that worship. But I really feel that's exactly what God is intending to do. He's intending to encounter people. He's intending to encounter indigenous people, all people, and have a visitation with them, revealing himself afresh to them. You know, I've been finding that so much of late. I'm talking with people that some have a church background, some don't have a church background. Some haven't been to church in four or five years. But they're, they're all telling me that there's something inside of them that they need to come back to God or come to God, even for the first time. And see, so he's revealing himself. And I really believe he wants to reveal himself more to us, even as Christians. Sometimes we think, I've experienced it all. I've got it all. No, you don't. There's so much more God wants to reveal to you. You know, I can think back some years back in our church. For a while there, I don't know what was happening, but we were having so many people that were coming to church. And they were coming from prayer, and they were talking about when they were very young that they were sexually abused. And we just seemed to have dozens of them come. And I remember one particular Sunday at the altar, actually right here, right this exact spot right here. And they came up to the front, and these two individuals uh, got talking, and they said, uh, they can fix it, just tell them. And finally, this person just blurted out that they were sexually abused by a person in a church. I knew that church, actually. And I was kind of mad just hearing that story. But then I got thinking, well, how can I fix that? How do you ever fix abuse? It's impossible. And again, I just heard Jesus say, just introduce them to me. You just introduce Jesus to them, and I'll take care of it. And without a word of lie, friends, I watched Jesus begin to minister to them and talk to them. They wept, they cried, and Jesus set them free. It wasn't me. And I've been seeing that more and more and more, and I, I'm doing it more and more with people. I just tell them, you know what, just talk to Jesus. You don't have to talk to me. Talk to him. Just bring them to a place where they start realizing that Jesus will talk to you, will minister to you, will speak into your life. And so I've been doing that more and more, just introducing people to Jesus and then just allowing Jesus to speak into them. And I watched that happen last night when I was visiting a person in the hospital. Same thing. I just introduced them to Jesus, and Jesus began to do the speaking. So maybe you're here this morning or watching online. And there's some areas where you're struggling to forgive, or I think more so you have forgiven, but you're still struggling with the pain, the hurt, and the sting. 
And I want to tell you something. There is a person that can fix that. It's not me. It's not the church. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And Jesus wants to come into your life if you will allow him, and he will minister that area of hurt and pain and sting, and he'll take care of it. I realize that there's people here in the church that have gone through things that should never have happened. We seem to be a very unique church in that regard that we've had so many people go through so many terrific things. I, I talk to other churches and mention about things that our people have gone through and they just say, don't know anybody. Don't know anybody. They're just totally amazed. But there's a lot of people in this church that have found out that Jesus is the healer. They found out that Jesus is the burden barrier. They found out that Jesus is the one that can heal our hurts and take away the sting that may be still there even after we've forgiven somebody. Jesus himself says, come to me. If you're weary and you're heavy laden, you're carrying some heavy burdens, come to me. I'm the one that can give you rest. I'm the one that can do it for you. And so I just want to encourage you today to look to him afresh. I believe that you have forgiven those people that have hurt you, that have done wrong to you, but there's still some residue. There's still some pain. There's still some stigma. There's still a sting. There's still those feelings of betrayal. And Jesus wants to take care of that. That's what I feel that he wants to do today. And he wants to bring a rest and a peace to all of us. And I think that's a message, too, for our indigenous people, that after they experience this apology, Jesus himself wants to come and visit. Someone far greater than the Pope wants to come and visit. And he wants to experience the real thing. And he wants to take away that sting and that hurt and that pain once and for all. He can do it. So can you ever be free of the hurt and the pain? Well, Jesus was reminding me, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because nothing's too hard. Nothing is impossible with God. He's moving in ways that we've not seen him move in years past. He's touching more and more people, opportunities are I talk to people here in the church. You're all telling me you're having opportunities to share your faith. You're leading people to Christ. There's opportunities abounding. And I want you to know that God has seen your efforts to forgive. And he wants to bless you by taking away that pain and heal you from all of that. See, you took the step to forgive. Now God is a blessing to give you something in return. You've come to that place where you've chosen to forgive. And as you forgive, God, what do you have in return for me? What do you, what do you have to give to me? Because he has something to give to you. And you need to ask for that because he's here to minister to all of our wounds, all of our pain, all of our hurts. You're not alone. It's one of the tricks of the enemy to make you feel that you're alone. You're the only one that's going through this pain. You're the only one that's going through this sting. You're the only one that's going through it, and that's a lie. Lots of other people have gone through those things. 
But more importantly, he is here. And he wants to come alongside you. He wants to touch you. He wants to minister to you and heal your pain. 